Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Unbothered Blondes podcast. Today, you're going to have myself, Randa Caraba, and my husband, Grant Caraba, because this, you know this is a joint um, podcast with Kate and I. But there are going to be some weeks where it'll be just Kate, Kate and Coop, just me, me and Grant, and we'll also in the future bring on some guests. So this is a week where Kate is kind of playing catch up. She had two big events at her venue this past weekend. She has some family plans and Christmas um, parties going on. So I told her that I would step in and do a podcast this week so that we can continue getting weekly ones out to y'all. And again, you know, we're both business owners of multiple businesses and moms. So getting our schedules together, like I said, sometimes can be a little bit harder than we expected. So I'm going to hand it over to Grant and kind of let him fill y'all in on what we're going to talk about today. All right. So I thought it'd be fun. We've got a bunch of questions that were asked that, you know, what was <clears throat> dating like? Uh, I think we've kind of covered some of that. And now we're going to start uh, talking about um new being new parents and what what the single life was like and the transition into being new mom and dads and you know i think i don't think a lot of people realize this but uh up until we found out we were pregnant you know ren and i really were pretty content on not having kids or we didn't know if we wanted kids like it was just kind of a mystery and we now. said that we would reevaluate it later like it wasn't that we were dead set on we will not have children right. or we won't have children. And if you've listened to previous episodes, Grant did tell me the second ever time that I went to his house that he did not want children. And he was very upfront and honest. And I did not think like that at all. And then once I started living my life with Grant, I thought maybe, hey, I'm content and you know, with my relationship and myself and my career and the life I had with Grant and the freedom and being able to travel that maybe I didn't either. Um, so it wasn't that we said we never would, or we were completely against it. We just kept, we were always able to put it on the back burner and say, we'll reevaluate when. And the biggest thing is once we started building the house that we're about to finish right now, we started that, I guess we bought the lot last November and we started the house at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So we bought the lot. I can't remember the exact date, but it was very end of uh, October. It's like October 30th or 29th or something like that. And then exactly 10 days later, we accidentally got pregnant on November 8th. Mm -hmm. And so once we found out we were pregnant, of course, we, we were doing the plans and we, we kind of knew. The exactly plans for the going. house. Yeah, the plans for the house. <laughs> and so once we found out we were pregnant, which was probably a week before Christmas or so, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um, or maybe the first or second week of December is when we found out. And we were like, oh, my goodness. You know, we what are we going to do? And so we were like, all right, well, let's start building this house. So it was. February 1st was the very first day that we had the, the, the track hose and all the dozers and everything start clearing the lot. So I guess the, the official first day of, of construction would be February 1st. So we started the house a little bit sooner, um, by a couple months, I would say. Yeah, because we really weren't planning on uh, building the house or even really starting it for that matter until um, probably late summer. We, you know, we were thinking maybe at the end of the summer we'll start trying to have a family, and you know it might take a few months to get pregnant or whatever. Yeah, we, the situation. When we be. told our family that we were going to be rebuilding, we told them at Thanksgiving. Correct. We told them that we would reevaluate the next summer to early fall to see if we wanted to have. Kids. And we didn't know we were pregnant at Thanksgiving. Did not know, um, and so we did say that we would reevaluate. And I will say that was probably the first time that it ever became real that we kind of put a time frame on it. I would always say, you know, when I was 35, if I still wasn't softer to the idea, then maybe I didn't need to become a mother. Um, but at that time I was 32, I just turned 32. Mm -hmm. So I still had a couple of years and um, it just kind of became more real when we bought the lot and then presented it to our families and said, okay, and we'll reevaluate um, 
if we want to have children in the next year or two. Exactly. So it's not that it was completely dead set against our wishes by any means, but we just were not yet planning on it. And we didn't know if uh, for sure that we ever were planning on it just Absolutely. to kind of give some honest context behind it. Yeah. So right when we found out we were pregnant, of course, I was immediately, I, I flipped over the pregnancy sick and, and saw the, the, the word positive or pregnant or whatever it was. And I was super excited. I think Randa had a little uh, apprehension because she was kind of like, oh my God, how am I going to get all my business work done? And you know, what's mom life going to be? And it's just, it was just kind of a, a whole new shock to us. Yeah. So it was um, about this time last year, mm -hmm. it was a week, two, a week or two before Christmas. Right. And I had two fitness photo shoots, like four days apart, just getting ready to blast all the like new year content for power fit. So I did one lifestyle in one studio and booked them really close together. Cause if I'm going to, you know, really work hard on the body, getting it photo shoot ready, then I want to get two at the same time. Right. And after the first one that night we were laying in bed and I told Grant, I was like, you know, it wasn't that I felt insecure or not confident or like I didn't look good in the pictures or not like myself by any means. But when I was trying to flex my core, something felt different is how I related to him. Right. And so we were laying in bed and he's like, do you think you're pregnant? And I'm like, I don't think so. And I never really had that regular of a period. Um, so I technically maybe was a little bit late, but again, because I'm not super regular and never really have been, it's really hard to um, test it on that. So Grant was like, let's get up and go get pregnancy tests. And this I'm is like, like 1130 or midnight. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like don't let anybody see you. If you walk in and you see anybody that you know, you bolt out that place or you buy something besides a pregnancy test. And anyways, I kept making big announcements last year. It was like, oh, we're announcing that we're doing a $5,000 challenge. And then, oh, we're announcing that we're building a house. And I had a girl by the time that we finally announced we were pregnant message me. And she's like, you know, I saw your husband the night that he bought <laughs> pregnancy tests. And I'm like, Grant, Man, I thought I was sly about it. Like I was, it was kind of like, you know, not that I'd be in the military thing, but like, I was looking over my shoulder. I was like James Bond in there trying to go grab a pregnancy test. Nobody would see me doing spy stuff. And I thought I was real slick. And yeah, so I'm thinking think he's slick. Isn't really slick. No, not slick at all. So <laughs> I, I think I quickly realized that probably the spy game is not for me because I, I got caught. So if you don't want someone to see that you're getting a pregnancy test, everyone has told me to do Amazon Prime one day, the next day. Now, the thing is, obviously, like that night, we would have had to go to bed that night and not known. But also... To back up, I did not know that pregnancy tests were so um, accurate. accurate. There have been false negatives, but apparently false positives are not a thing. Correct. I didn't know any of this. Yeah, because so, if you're not far enough along, it, you will be pregnant, but it won't read it because of the hormones. Oh, uh, okay. So, so see, that's why it'll give a false negative. Yeah, I knew nothing about human pregnancy at the time. Um, still kind of don't. <laughs> but I didn't believe it until we went to the doctor January 2nd or 3rd. And it was really funny. Of course, that was right at the eight-week mark, and I knew for... I mean, I just knew she was pregnant and of course she really wasn't believing it. And we go in there and we're doing our first ultrasound and the doctor's, you know, about to get the picture of the image for the ultrasound. And Rana's like, I really don't know if I'm pregnant. And about two seconds later, you hear a thump, 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 thump. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're pregnant. Yeah, I think we're eight and a half weeks at that point or almost nine weeks. And you can hear the heartbeat at eight weeks. So that's when it became real to me. And I was like, okay, I really am pregnant. Um, so if you... Or someone like me that did not realize those tests, if it, if it comes up positive, it's 99.9% .9 accurate. It is accurate, 99.9%. Yeah. I just didn't know that. So, um, you know, that happened. And I will say 
I think that Grant was probably between the two of us, the one who was more against the children thing at first, at first. Um, and so as soon as seeing, or Grant saw it first, not me, like I went up to go work late that night. I just needed to get my mind off of it. So Grant actually was the one who turned over the pea sticks and saw everything before me. Um, and he was like, he said, completely game on. And I was in shock, um, disbelief again, like how would I, at that point in my life, I thought that my body is what made me money and that's really not the case. Um, but I, I do run a fitness company and so my body is out there a lot. So that is a, a genuine worry. Right. Um, and not only that, but I worked so much running so much for so long that I didn't know how I would balance it all. And I know I've talked about that on the, one of the previous episodes of the podcast. So yeah, I went through, it took me a while to, um, come to terms with it, to come to terms with it really. And what's crazy is when Grant went and told our pastor, the first thing, you know, obviously Grant gave more than just we're pregnant. He kind of gave some of the backstory and my pastor said, well, how's Randa, you know, she processed it. And Grant was like, well, how do you, how do you know that she's, you know, struggling processing it. And he said, because usually when there's an unplanned pregnancy, normally the guy is more excited about it. And the woman is having to do a little more processing, not always, but apparently more often than not. And right. so that's why he asked. Absolutely. So obviously we go through pregnancy, Randa had an amazing pregnancy. And by that time uh, we had Lil Cor Kingston on July 31st. And I think it's kind of funny. I think we probably talked about this a time or two, but as Randa's, you know, doing an amazing job in the delivery room, I think she pushed seven times and he popped out. And I think from the moment the doctor walked in, um, said, hey, I'm here to deliver this kid till the, the time the, the doctor walked out and made sure everybody was healthy was what, seven, eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, the doctor was barely in the room. It was it, it happened. It happened time. so quickly. And so it was kind of funny is that when uh, Croy popped out, Randa was just all she could say was. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's crazy. Y'all like, I knew I was, this sounds so stupid. Like I knew I was pregnant. I knew my body was growing a human. I knew that when I would go for my um, appointments, I would hear the heartbeat or the ultrasound appointments. Like I saw it. Right. But I don't think it fully clicked until I truly had the baby and heard him start crying. And I just don't think that my maternal side really kicked in until that moment because even just a couple of days before we would go on walks because I was starting to have, you know, contractions. And so we were just trying to, you know, do some walking at the end of the day. And Grant was so worried if I would be maternal enough for this child or, and I think that Grant's worried because, um, you know, obviously no marriage is perfect. And so one thing that Grant and I've really had to work on in our marriage is me putting Grant and my marriage first over like work and my customers because, and it's not necessarily a bad thing until it becomes a bad thing, if that makes sense. So I just was single for so long and was so customer oriented and business. And that was kind of like my marriage that it was really hard to then learn to now not only balance the two of them, but then learn to put my husband and my actual marriage ahead of my work and, you know, the marriage that I was used to before that, because I really do care about my clients and, you know, everyone, and I put a lot into them and I think that Grant sees that. And so, you know, not that he wanted me to 
not be doing that with my business. But sometimes he was like, hey, like I'm your actual husband. You're, I'm actually the one you're married to. So I think because of those things is why Grant was worried. Would I be maternal enough to put the child where, you know, he needed to be when I had all these other things going on. And honestly, it was a very valid concern. And I don't think that anything would have prepared us for what hit us on January. I mean, July 31st. Oh, it was crazy. So like I said, Randall was, all she could say was, oh my God. And she started crying and I had a complete opposite reaction. I just stood there in complete silence in a state of shock. And I'm like, what just happened? Like I was so excited, but yet so like overwhelmed with emotions. I literally couldn't speak. And so the doctor uh, leaned over and was like, hey, do you want to cut the umbilical cord? And I just stood there like just with a blank stare on my face, just looking at Croy and couldn't like, say didn't anything. Even respond, yeah. I didn't respond. And the doctor goes, Grant, I went, oh, so, sorry. Like I had to snap out of it. Like I was in a, in a trance. And so I cut the umbilical cord. And, I, and again, I'm not saying anything other than that. And so finally I get to hold him and we weighed him and we did all that. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, this is real. Like this kid's here and he's healthy and he's a little bitty guy. And it was just. It was a whole whirlwind of emotions, I guess I would say. And Grant and I, we're not surrounded by a lot of children. Or, oh, no, not at all. Um, you know, our friends that have kids, they're either older or they live out of town. Or we do have my nephew, um, and he's four. Mm -hmm. And But we weren't there when he was born because we were in on the way to Africa. We had right. that trip planned for like a year and a half. Um, so I don't think that Grant and I have ever been at the hospital when a baby's been born for any or I went when my friend Amy had hers, you know, and I saw her after, but I wasn't there for the actual delivery right. or knowing when it was actually happening. So I think because of all that, it was even more shock to us than if we had a bunch of children in our family or had been through this before. But it was it was just an all new world and something that there's no way we could have prepared ourselves for what happened. And we're about to tell you all some really just stupid stories that. You know, we had no idea what we were doing. And it's just nonsense. So, Brand new parents. Yeah, I mean, y'all are just gonna die laughing, but it's <laughs> um, and, and nobody told us. We didn't, nobody was like, "Hey, this is what to expect." Like, literally, we had no help from anybody saying, "Do this, do that." Everybody's like, "I don't want to scare you, so we're not gonna tell you stuff." And I'm like, "Please tell me everything." Well, and then I don't like all the um, unsolicited advice. I mean, we did have a lot of people tell us to read books and different things like that. And right. I read, we read a little bit of baby wise. I wish I hadn't. Oh no, the baby wise was. And I know a lot of, it works for a lot of people. It didn't work for us. Yeah, for us, you know, Croy is every book we read, he's in typical Grant Miranda fashion doing the opposite of everything we've ever read. And so and it's not that funny. we read that much. No, but. We finally had to stop reading, especially like three or four weeks into, um, in, of him being alive because everything the book was telling us to do, he was doing the opposite. And so we were fighting and going against the grain that we finally said, you know what, how about we just kind of tailor these things to what his needs are and everything. And hiring the night nurse was the game changer. That was the best thing. That's ever the did. best thing because all these babies are so different. And so I know there are a lot of books and podcasts that have helped parents with their children. But then I also know there's some that are probably like, I'm reading this or this has been recommended to me or this is what my friend did. And it's the exact opposite for me. And it's just because every baby is truly different. So getting a NICU nurse, you know, a night nurse in here with us that mm -hmm. had worked in the NICU for years and delivery for years. And even her dad was a, a delivery doctor. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had just handled so many children and she had children of her own. So that is what really helped us. Not only did it allow us to get some sleep when she would be here because we weren't having to do everything through the night, um, but there was such an education standpoint where she would help teach us and 
you know, having someone else write a more realistic schedule based on what, how our child was currently performing and growing and adjusting each week or every two weeks. Um, when a lot of people ask me, you know, how do we get Chloe sleeping? I definitely recommend it to, you know, the night nurse rather than me as this brand new mom trying to take something from a book and apply it to my child or watching someone else on social media and applying their schedule to my kid because, Again, they're just all so different. Right. So that was an absolute game changer for us. And, you know, when he came home, you know, he was up every three, four hours. I guess I just didn't realize what all it takes to, to raise a newborn. And I'm sure a lot of you are listening and laughing and rolling your eyes like, yeah, girl, this is what it takes. But I, I didn't know it wasn't my reality. I hadn't seen it. And I will say one thing. I had no idea whatsoever how, what it took to raise a child. And I've got such an all new respect for, for mothers in, in general. And I will say one thing that, you know, you hear a lot of people, Oh, well, you're a stay at home mom. You don't work BS. That is nonsense. I applaud all stay at home moms. That is a job in itself. And I cannot commend mothers that stay at home with their children enough. I mean, seriously, I mean, y'all have got to give it up for them because it, I've got a whole nother level of respect because there's days where Randa's like, Hey, I, I've got to go do this. I've got to work. And I'm, I'm at home with Corey for five or six hours and I'm, and I'm wore out after six hours. And I'm like, I can't imagine doing this every single day. So yeah. And really, I just want to piggyback off of that. You know, a stay at home mom, all moms are working moms. And that's what I've been saying since I became a mom. And again, I didn't quite understand it myself either. But, you know, some people think, oh, just a stay at home mom. And that that is it's very hard work, especially I can't even imagine with multiple or two under two, three under three, mm -hmm. you know, people who have five children, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, so yes, 100% such a respect for moms and, and dads too. I mean, dads are helping out a lot. You know, Grant's Absolutely. been wonderful and helped out a lot because, you know, I pretty much work seven days a week. And so on the weekends, I do need some more help from him so I can try to have some hands-free time to, to run things. And I know that we could put Croy in daycare. And I think that because I have a little bit of the guilt still of me not having this beautiful story leading up to wanting to be a mom and couldn't wait to be a mom, I think I have some guilt from that, that I'm even more so not ready to put him in daycare. Like I want to I want to do as much with him, especially his first year of life that I can now that, you know, my mindset has completely shifted since he was born. And again, I don't think that the guilt that I have is necessarily too heavy or unhealthy, but I also want to be very open and honest and transparent in, um, you know, what I share with y'all. So that's a lot of why I'm not quite ready. I'm sure I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, I've got to have a better balance between work and the baby. Um, and I do have more help than ever with the business and I've had to learn to delegate out a lot more and schedule a lot more and work on things ahead of time. So I actually spend a lot less time on my phone now than I used to. I'm just trying to be as present with Croy as I can. And the only way I can do that is to delegate out, hire more tasks out and schedule things that have to be done by me, you know, ahead of time because baby can mess up the entire schedule a certain day, given day. <laughs> and, and what's kind of funny is that I'm such a punctual, um, on time, um, on time is late to grant if that makes sense. Yeah. So basically if you're on time, you're late and I, I, I'm all about structure in my life 
And I have had to quickly adjust my ability to go with the flow, which is really difficult for me. And I will say that was probably another reason why I needed more processing time is I knew that about my husband's personality. I am much more in the moment, can go with the flow. I think from building multiple businesses from the ground up, like as much as I want to have certain things planned, it wouldn't work out that way. So I'm so used to operating on plan B, C or D and, you know, with no sleep and trying to figure out how to make it all happen. So that's why I was more worried about Grant is he does live a much more structured lifestyle, especially like before us getting together. So I was worried about that for him. Absolutely. So let's talk about when we brought little guy home and tell, tell everybody how the dogs reacted at first and how they react now and, and kind of talk about the dog's uh, obsessions with uh, Little Quick Kingston. <laughs> okay, so we brought baby home. It was literally like 26, we were home within 26 hours of yeah. having the baby. I mean, we were barely at the hospital because I went in that morning. We had him by noon and we were home the next afternoon by like two or three. So yeah. I was not at the hospital. I was probably one of the shortest term people at the hospital when having a baby. And I cannot give enough credit to my strength training to my strength training journey with PowerFit and my um, keeping up with going to see Dr. Lenny at Cutting Edge Chiropractic um, all throughout my pregnancy and even the last month, like once a week, because all of it just really helped with my labor and delivery. But we brought baby home. We had no idea what we were doing. You should have seen us trying to put the baby in the car seat. The nurse was, was like, bless your heart. And so what's well, kind of funny, so like, it was a couple of weeks before this. And I'm not a handy person. I, I'm learning. I'm just not. <laughs> like, give me a calculator, but I, I, I'm not good with tools. Yeah, Grant's in numbers so, and finance, man. He's not a build stuff kind of person. Yeah. I mean, I can build it, but it's not going to work. It'll, be, it'll work, but it ain't going to look good. Yeah, and your thumb's going to be bleeding because you're going to hit it with a hammer while True you're trying to put it together. Absolutely. That's a, that's another story for another time. But So I put the crib together, and I put his car seats together. And I, I want to say the night that I got the car seats out, and I, I learned how to adjust the base in the car. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to practice with this thing. So I think I was – we didn't – what did we had? We had like a watermelon or something. I don't remember. We had cantaloupe. I don't remember. We had something. So I put the little cantaloupe in there, and <laughs> I tightened it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty – you know, savvy. I understand how the thing works. And so, um, of course, practicing on a cantaloupe or a watermelon or whatever I put in there is really different than a baby. And so I load him up and I've got him adjusted. The, the nurse started laughing and I was like, I did it wrong. She's like, it's not wrong, but let me just show you what we can do. Like better. we didn't know how the, the like padded straps needed to be up by their neck and the, the clip, clip needed to be chest. all the way up at the chest. And I think because we were just such a new world that we probably thought our baby was more delicate than he was. Oh yeah. We thought babies were the most fragile thing known to man. Like and, we were and, and I didn't realize like whatever anything. you tighten those straps, like you yank on it, you get that thing like tight, tight. And of course me being like, well, I wouldn't want that thing super tight. So I'm going to leave it loose on him. And the clip doesn't want to be on his chest because that's probably uncomfortable. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, it's all not like I'm doing it all back. I mean, the nurse has to approve this before you can go home. So don't worry. Yeah. We did not drive. Yeah, you're not allowed to baby. leave until the nurse. And keep in mind, we were pregnant during COVID. So all of the classes that they have to help you with labor and delivery, with breastfeeding, with um, with everything of learning to be a parent were non-existent. So, I mean, we literally learned how to practice push right before we delivered the child. So you know, we were without a lot of those resources and not that those resources aren't online or aren't within a book, but Grant and I are very visual. Yep. We like to do things in person. Right. So we get him loaded up and come home and, uh, we, we think Bucky had a clue that she was pregnant and there was another little human in, inside her belly. 
Yeah, he and would so, always curl up and, and want so to sleep next to the baby. Whenever um, we got home, Bucky walked over there and was really gentle and really sweet and just kind of was smelling him and sniffing him and kind of looked at us, looked at the baby and looked at us. And we were like, okay. And then there was the Pania. <laughs> That's Barbie Love. <laughs> Grant has like five different names for her. So, and we knew that Barbie would be just so excited. She, she, that's her personality already. She cannot contain her excitement, especially at the beginning, like when someone first comes in the house or someone new walks in or someone just arrives or, you know, the beginning of something she cannot, she gets just so excited. She can't contain herself. Right. And so next thing you know, we pull him out and next, she is, we've got the videos we've got to share it, but long story short. They're on my YouTube. Right. Is she goes over there and is like trying to step all over him and lick all over him. And of course it's not, he's not liking it. We're like, you know, Barbie, he's sweet. tiny, six pounds. Yep. And so we finally, they kind of meet each other and we're having to hold him. And um, it was kind of another reality shock is our, once we got home, we kind of sat down and we just went, now what, <laughs> what are we, what are we supposed to do with this little thing? And so we, we started, you know, feeding him as we were supposed to. And, he was getting a lot of naps. I was like, you know, after the first week, because all the little babies did, or at least Croy did, he just slept the whole time. He would wake up, he'd pee, he'd poop, and he'd eat and go back to bed. It was just the easiest thing known to man. And I remember... Well, during the day, I guess it was easy. Not at nighttime, because we weren't sleeping. Well, and I'm getting there. Is <laughs> And also, it was so easy for me, because I went back... I was at work at 7.30 in the morning, two days after we had Croy. Three. Three days after we had Croy. And so, I'm going to work all day. I'm... I, I don't see what's going on. I come home and yeah, I play I with them for four Yeah, I worked on Monday like an idiot too. Like I just didn't know. Yeah. And so that first week, you know, we were up, we were rotating. I think we had schedules like 10, midnight, three, six. I don't remember exactly what the schedule was, but like we, Miranda and I would rotate. And I'm like, you know, it's not too bad because he's sleeping. And when, Again, with the schedule, he kind of dictated the schedule at that point. There really wasn't a schedule. Right. But we would kind of see similarities of where he was waking up. That's what, what we mean by a schedule. Yeah. And so anyway, I was like, you know, this really isn't that bad because, you know, he's he's not fussy. He's not crying. He just, even when he does wake up, you shove a bottle in his mouth and 20 minutes later, he's asleep again. It's, it's easy. It's not a big deal. And then. Then like weeks four through six hit us and it was a brick house. It, it was. Like we literally ran into a brick wall because I guess it was his first big growing yep. phase. So they're eating more. So they're up more. And we couldn't get him to go back down after, you know, he wanted to be like constantly moving. He wanted to be held and rocked. And, you know, sometimes he would like the snooze. Sometimes he wouldn't. The, the weeks four to six were just hard. There was nothing that was consistently it working for so us. It got so bad. We, it, we were sleeping way less at weeks four oh, to six it, than it, when it, we first had him. In this very literal, when I say this, I'm not exaggerating, that I would say on an average night, we would both get a cumulative hour and a half to two hours total uh, of sleep. Of those two weeks. It was so bad at one point that I showed up to my office one morning, <laughs> eyes glazed over. I have a pillow and a blanket. I walked in and everybody starts laughing. They're like, why do you have a pillow and a blanket? And I just grunted. I said, I have not slept. I'm going to sleep. I have a, I have a small couch in my office. I said, I'm going to be sleeping on my couch. Don't bother me. Hold all my calls. I've got to sleep. And everyone is just dying laughing. And then week seven hit and it was like a turning point. Like he, yep. it, it got where he started getting longer stretches. And by week 11, he was sleeping 12, 10, 12, yeah, 12, yeah, 10 but, and a half to 12 hours a night. And he's still been like that. And yep. even with the four month sleep regression that we were planning on, cause he's four and a half months right now. 
um, he's still sleeping through the night, 10 and a half to 12 hours. Now during the day, he is sleeping less, less and less. not wanting to go down for his nap. So I think that's where our four month regression is, but Hey, I would rather that because he's made it through What's the nice is the, through my job, you know, I do a lot of uh, construction and developing. So I'm always on job sites and I always tell everybody I drive a hundred miles a day within a five mile radius of our house. So I'm like, all right, well, if Randy needs a break or if he, he's not sleeping and we know he needs to sleep, I'll come over there, put him his car seat in my truck, and we'll just drive around checking jobs. He and he'll loves sleep. the car seat and, right now while right, he's moving. Right. Now, if you like him to a stop if sign, he, he'll wake up. Or if he's like not super asleep, you know, you're just like getting going. You're at a stop sign or a red light. He does not like that. But as long as you're moving, he loves it. So that is one thing nice thing is that if I get to a point where I'm really struggling and can't get him down and can't get anything done and Grant's checking on jobs, I can just put him in the car seat with dad to go be big, big time contractor is yeah. what we call it. Yeah. And he rides around with dad for an hour or two, gets a nap. And then I've gotten, you know, a little bit of time to get a few things done with work and just some sanity, you know, cause again, I didn't know how much a baby required. And I know I probably sound like an idiot for saying that. So now looking back after he's born and we're kind of working through the sleep progression and all that, what are some of the things that, that you think are, are you, are you regretful that, you know, maybe we didn't want to have kids or what's, what's your thoughts and, and feelings on that? I'm glad that ultimately God was in control this whole time. And so I'm very, very grateful for what we have because I know there are a lot of women who desperately aspire to be moms and struggle with infertility. And it's a lot of why I stayed quiet about me not knowing because I didn't want to seem hurtful to someone. We didn't know if we had fertility issues or not. We had never gotten tested. So we, we didn't know. Um, but I never wanted to hurt somebody who was struggling with me saying, Hey, I don't know if I, you know, if being a mom is made out for me. Right. And it's a lot of sensitive, it's a very sensitive subject. And we've got some, you know, dear friends of ours that are struggling to, to get pregnant right now. And it's, and it's just, it hurts a heart so much to see them trying so much and, and want a baby so bad. And they're just not able to have, and one. it was hard to tell the people who were struggling with infertility that we were pregnant because no one knew that we were trying. So it was such a surprise, right. you know, those things were hard, but, um, looking back, I'm just so glad that God was in control because I had no idea um, how much I would enjoy being a mom. I had no idea how much my life would change on July 31st. Um, there's just, I don't know, life is, is really good and sweet right now. And I'm very grateful for Coy. I'm very grateful that God chose us to be his parents. I'm very grateful for all that mine and Grant's relationship has gone through in this phase. And let me tell you, it's not easy. That four to six weeks um, was not only hardest with the baby, but I think that was probably one, the, that was the hardest time in our marriage since we found out we were pregnant. Oh, absolutely. It was one of those deals where and I think a lot of people with kids can relate with this. It's like when you're working on absolutely zero sleep, you're, you're not in a, in a clear state of consciousness. You're not thinking. You know, Grant you would be trying very, to do things and I was just tired and cranky and he wasn't doing them my way. So I would snap at him and then he's like, I'm trying to help. Why are you coming at me? I mean, we're just exhausted. And when you're exhausted, your emotions are higher. You're, you're crankier, you know, just everything. We, we just needed sleep. But um, again, I'm so grateful that I've had a, a partner through this 
all along the way. And not only to, to commend, you know, stay at home moms, but I have an all new respect for single moms or even single dads out there. Absolutely. You know, Grant and I get to tackle this thing as a team, even though I do more of the majority just during the work week, because I am staying home with Croy while also doing my work. Um, Grant is still a wonderful partner and a teammate on this. And so we've learned a lot about ourselves. You know, we've learned a lot about each other individually. And it's also been really wonderful to watch Grant become a dad and to see that softer side of him. And, you know, I already loved and adored him so much. And now it's like even deeper. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm just grateful that God was in control rather than me, because ultimately, you know, he's in charge of our destiny and he provided what we needed in our life that maybe we didn't know we needed. It's kind of a funny story is that uh, kind of lightning on that is it, you know, during that four to six weeks, there was one time, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And Croy is just crying bloody murder. And he's just, just not happy. He's not sleeping. And uh, Randall walks in the man cave <laughs> at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm watching TV. And of course, I don't hear her walk up behind me because why don't I hear her? Because he had put on his gaming headphones or his noise control headphones. My hunting headphones. Yeah. And I got so, instead of like seeing it like, okay, we're a team. He needs some rest and sleep and some peace and quiet. I got so like mad and defensive. I'm like, oh my gosh, can he literally not stand the sound of our child crying that he has to mute it out? And so, you know, there's just, again, that four to six weeks was, was hey. rough. Gosh, I don't even want to think back to those four to six weeks, y'all. They were, they were rough. I will say yep. that. But seven weeks early turned around. We started doing a lot better. 11 weeks, it sounds like we were really blessed to have, and I hate to say the word hashtag blessed because I know that is overused and perceived like there are no struggles because clearly there were a lot of struggles. But amazing that we had a baby that slept so long through the night from such a young age. I remember, I think he was like nine and a half, 10 weeks old and he gave us a nine hour stretch and we were like, oh my God. It was kind of funny. Randa woke up at like three o'clock in the morning and he hadn't, that was the longest he'd ever slept. And she's like, oh, my God, my baby. Is he fine? Oh, she's in a panic. And so I roll over and I look at the camera and I'm like, Randy, he's asleep. You can hear him snoring like he's earlier. <laughs> yeah, she's he's like, like, I need to go check off. He's a loud little sleeper. He snores. He moves all around. He, he coos, grunts. He yeah. coos. Yeah. But I remember that next day. I mean, Grant and I had a wonderful day together because we were rested we got sleep. and we got work done. And um, yeah, it was really good for our marriage. So, you know. Every time that things are hard and strugglesome, I feel like you grow deeper and closer together. Now, not that I want that four to six week stretch all day, every day. Never, ever again, <laughs> That was brutal. I mean, and I don't know if we will have more children. I know a lot of people ask that. We don't know. Um, right now, we are very content with the one that we do have. And we want to focus on being the best parents for baby Croy that we can. And again, I'm just grateful that... God was in control rather than me. And I know that there are people here that listen that some of you have, have dreamed of being moms your whole life. Um, some are struggling with infertility. Some are not. Some, you know, maybe had stories or will have stories where you end up pregnant as a surprise and you're, you're scared or you're nervous or you're, um, you know, it's hard to process. And so, you know, whatever it is, just know that God ultimately is in control. He doesn't give you more then you can handle, even though sometimes he'll take you all the way to your breaking point where you're on your knees in prayer. Um, but it's just, it has been a wonderful journey to walk and one that I'm very, very grateful that I have gotten to experience, you know, and I enjoyed 
you know, getting to strength, strength train through my pregnancy and, you know, my postpartum recovery. And I did not, um, quote unquote, deal with postpartum depression. I did deal with being hormonal at times and exhausted and, you know, those type of things. But yeah, mine, my story is different. It's not this, you know, I'll get to tell him as he grows up how much I couldn't wait until he came into our lives. Um, and I don't know how I'll word all of that, but, you know, I'm, I made a post a while back about the, for this child, I have prayed um, because it is a very, um, you know, popular quote about when people announce they're having children. And, you know, my prayer for my child came after I found out that we were pregnant with him. Right. And, you know, every story, as much as I say, I wish I had this beautiful story leading up to to motherhood, honestly, every single story is beautiful in its own right. And I think there's a lot of beauty in, you know, God taking the reins and pulling through on his plans for you more than what you thought for yourself. So, you know, will I always have that guilt? I don't know. I don't think it's too much and I don't think it's too heavy, but again, I just like to keep it honest with y'all. So I guess I'm kind of rambling. Let me let Grant kind of wrap this one up. Yeah. So like I said, it was, the, the, from the moment we found out we were pregnant to, to obviously now it's been a wild and crazy journey, but it's also been one that, you know, it, whenever I was kind of thinking about it, we were talking about this the other night that, you know, kids were something I never wanted ever until I found out that we were pregnant. And then I was so excited. And honestly, it was, it really was the best gift. I mean, it, it, I would say for the first two months, I was still a little apprehensive and like, I, I thought I was going to be the real loving, nurturing one and Randa wasn't. Well, that completely flipped. Randa was the, was the nurturing and she was the loving and just. And that was a, hard on our marriage too. Cause I think for a little bit, again, I know we're probably too honest, but um, we like to share struggles too, because everything's not just a highlight reel. I think because Grant was nervous about me being the maternal one and then I became super maternal and I did not and which Grant is, did not. I was almost kind of like holding that against Grant. Yeah, too. She was very resentful of that because yeah. we'd have, we go on walks while she's pregnant. And I'm like, Hey, we need to talk about this. Like, what are we going to do in this situation? Cause I'm, I'm someone who runs a million scenarios in their head and all about hypotheticals and try to see everything from every angle. And, and I was like, and I, and the whole time was, I was so naive that I was like, you know, I'm not worried about myself. I'm worried about you, which was very short sighted at the time. And I see that now. And so whenever for the first two months, like I was not paternal. Like I was not that loving. Like I loved him. Don't get me wrong. But like, I wasn't just like, give me my baby and let me hold him and rock him for two hours. Like that just wasn't me. And I think it was now that Grant says it, you know, and if, you know, I know some of you do listen with your um, boyfriends or fiancés or husbands or fathers of your own children. Um, I think what we've learned about Grant is now I see him and I just light up. I mean, obviously as soon as we had the baby. He was wonderful in the hospital. So, you know, there was that beginning phase that was wonderful because this is all new, but it was kind of the in-between of the, the first two months that the baby wasn't interactive that much. And I think that's what was hard for Grant yeah. because now that he's, you know, laughing and giggling and smiling and he can push him around on his little juvie, Grant is like so happy well, just well, to have a little bit of interactiveness. Yeah. It's like when I walk in the room, he knows who I am now. I'm not just another person. Like, he knows the difference between mom and dad and he'll see me walk in and he's like, dad, and he'll like put his arms up for me to hold him. And I'm like, that's interacting. Like, even though he doesn't know what I'm saying, he understands that I'm his dad and he understands we're about to play. And you know, I'll, I'll look at him and I'll start saying some goofy words and he'll start laughing and there's, there's interaction. And I'm like, man, this is so much fun because now in my brain, I'm like, I'm getting to experience 
the fun stuff with them. And now I'm like, I can't wait to shoot, uh, tell him how to throw a ball or, you know, uh, play football or just do whatever. Like I'm ready to, to teach him everything. Yeah. And what was hard is, you know, I was trying to not be resentful and be comforting and loving and supportive to my husband, which y'all know my personality at its core. That's why I struggled knowing if I'd be maternal enough. So, you know, those things don't come natural for me. I'm very much a, a pusher and achiever. Um, you know, I'll like encourage people to kind of be their best, I think is what is good about my personality. So being very soft and comforting, you know, not that I'm not that, but that's not my strongest point at right. my core. Yeah. yeah so, Miranda doesn't allow grace in a lot of situations. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very hard on myself and hard on others that, and that comes with, you know, plenty benefit, but I've had to learn to soften up a lot yep. in this. And time is kind of even more so not really a thing right now mm -hmm. because it takes so long sometimes to get baby dressed. As soon as I get him dressed, he might puke or throw up on his spit up on his outfit and I got to change him again. Or, Hey, I'll tell you one thing, <laughs> another piece of advice. I'm always, if you're not, if you're not 15 minutes early or late, well, with babies, you better start doing stuff 30 minutes before you anticipate Even doing 45, anything. 45. Like, we, I'm we not would start you. early, it's and then Grant's like, it takes so long. And I'm like, I know. So, you know, worlds, our, our world has been shook upside down this past year, especially since um, July 31st. But we're hanging in there. We're loving being new parents. Nothing could have ever prepared us for what we didn't know right. or what we would experience. But we love sharing our life with baby Koi, and we love, hope that you enjoy following along with him and getting to watch us do our best at raising the little one. You know, I don't share um, like the ways that we feed him. I don't share a lot of parenting styles. I just won't do those things because, you know, everyone's different. Right. There's no right or wrong yeah, way. Yeah, and Every I don't want someone different. looking up to me and thinking because they love following me online that what works for me needs to work for them. And it might not, you know, be valid. And, and vice versa, stuff that you know, works for some people doesn't work for us. And so when we do things very differently than the way someone else is accustomed to doing stuff, we've received so many nasty letters and, and Instagram messages and everything and people saying, how dare you do this? And it's like, whoa. I remember when Croy got his first hate message from someone about yeah. the night nurse. Um, and I'm like, this is an infant's Instagram account and you're hating on the infant, but it's crazy. So there's a, there's probably some things that y'all want to know more about that we just won't talk about. And again, not only to, to protect ourselves from some negativity and hate, but also I don't want to put it out there to where someone thinks that they need to do it my way or I need to do it their way and vice versa. So, you know, we just want Croy to always feel very, very loved and cherished. And we want him to know that he can come and talk to us and we've always got his back. But, you know, obviously there's going to be dis disciplining and stuff with growing up. So, we're excited about this journey that we're on and we're very grateful for it. And I hope that you enjoyed learning a little bit more about it. So that's it for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this, go ahead and screenshot, share this to your Instagram story. We love to reshare on, on, on Unbothered Blondes as well as Kate's page and my page. Um, feel free to leave us a review. We love hearing from y'all on future topics that you want us to talk about. And I promise I'm going to work on us a fun little intro coming soon, too. So thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas.